Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. We're in our second week, third week actually, in our Romans 12 series. And I wonder if any of you have ever been in a place where you wanted so desperately to have the kind of role. Um, the reason I started playing piano is because I got to my, my last church, my home church, uh, where I grew up at. And I knew if we were going to do worship at youth group, I was going to have to learn to play the piano because there was no kids that knew anything. So for the first three months I was there, most of my office time was me sitting out uh, at the piano in the, in the sanctuary and just playing, playing it and trying to figure out how to play. Well, what I started to do is like, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this so much and I'm getting so awesome at it. I'm, I should write some songs because obviously there's just talent oozing out of this. And so I did it. I started to write some songs and some of them were worship songs. And, and then my little sister got this crazy idea. She's like, hey, you're so amazing at this. Why don't you write a song and sing it for my wedding? And I did. I totally ripped off, I think, Johann Sebastian Bach. Because it, it sounds like one of these classical. I still don't know which one it sounds like, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm ripping this off from somebody. Um, if you ever want to hear it sometime, I will be glad to play it because I feel like a star when I do. But I've always, I've always listened to some, you know, great songs and been like, especially when you get the, the simple song that has this great melody, and I think to myself, why didn't I think of it first? That song seems so, and it, the, the time it happened the most for me, it was a John Legend song, and all of you are like, John Legend is a legend, you couldn't write his stuff. I'm telling you, when I listened to the song All of Me, I was like, that was the song I was meant to write for my wife. I even told her, I listened to her one time, I'm like, honey, just so you know, I think he stole this from me. This is me to you right now. Um, just so you're aware. But we get, we kind of get jealous of people sometimes when they've got the role that we want to have. I was having a conversation with a kid that was in my youth group back in Manaqua. This was uh, right before the Winter Olympics this year. And I was saying, hey, isn't it cool? We, there was another kid from, from our hometown, actually in his grade, that made it to the Olympics in cross-country skiing. And I, I knew that kid. He was, I actually coached him in, in track when he was in middle school. I only add that in there to help you realize that I coached an Olympian. And I think the things that I said definitely made an impact on his life. Um, but we're talking about, I'm talking about with this other kid, and he's, this other kid I'm talking to, he was actually, he's a world-class athlete. He was like top 300 in, in the track event that he was in, uh, in, in the world at one point. Uh, just a tremendous athlete. And he, he's like, Kellen, yeah, it's really cool that he's going to the Olympics, but I wish it was me. And I'm sitting here going, hey, dude, I'm not going to admit it too, but I wish it was me too. Like, I wish, I think we all wish that we could, we could be Olympians if you love sports at all. And there's this thing in us that we want to take on the role that maybe other people have taken on. Most people want to be recognized for grandiose reasons, but the truth is I think you were meant for something specific. You were meant by God for something specific. And I think we're all going to need to, to get to that place where we find peace in life by functioning in our area of giftedness. 
And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Paul brings up in Romans chapter 12. And I love how honest Paul is in this part of this chapter. Romans 12, we're going to look at verse 3 through 8. And he is so honest with us about our roles. What is the role that you've been put on this earth to fulfill? Maybe you aren't happy with your role. Maybe you wish you had a role that someone else had. Maybe you feel like you're not being recognized for what you actually could be doing. Like if people just would have realized what a great songwriter I am, I could be on the radio, right? But that's not always the case for us. We feel like we're not getting recognized. Feel like you haven't had your breakthrough that you've needed. And so we're going to look here at Romans chapter 12, and we're going to dig into it in three different parts. Normally, lately, I've been reading the whole passage up front, and then we kind of dig into it. I'm going to read these in three little parts today. And so we're going to start off here with verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Uh, you could probably read along on the screen with me. For by gra- the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each of you. Now, if I can just pause here for a minute, I think what I could do right now is if I wanted to have the best sermon possible, I could just stop this and say, I want you to read that 10 times every day this week and think about it for 30 seconds and just see what happens in your brain. See what happens in your thinking throughout the week. That might be the best thing that you could do. You could probably stop listening to me for the rest of today if you do that. Read it 10 times every day. Think about it for 30 seconds. Because I'm telling you, I think that all of us, we go down into two camps, two ways of thinking. The first group of people is like me. And we're the group of people that we think way more highly of ourselves than we should. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't want to get in my brain because you would be like, wow, you think you're amazing, Kellen. I do. I try to really tamp it down, you guys. But it's there. That's one type of person. And I think if you're not that type of person, the odds are is you're the type of person who you actually think worse about to that we probably should get to. Either way, a lot of the time, we, most of us, we are probably not thinking of ourselves with sober judgment. The truth is, none of us are so bad that we should think awful things about ourselves. None of us are so great that we should think that we are the best things ever. We all have major flaws, but we also all have amazing qualities about ourselves. You know, I talk about this with my wife quite a bit. um, When we're talking about our kids, and I'm like, man, I, I just don't know how I love them, but I don't know how four people can do so many things that annoy me so much. But then I say on the other flip side of that, while there are things that everybody that you are close to annoys you about, I look at those four kids and I'm like, every single one of them has this unique thing in them about who they are that redeems them in my eyes every single time. There might be tons of things that I'm like, ah, why do you keep asking me these questions and all that stuff? But there's something, something amazing in each of them that just blows my mind every day. And so Paul is he's saying, think of yourself with sober judgment. Don't let your faults be all that you see. Don't let your great qualities even be all that you see about yourself. And I think he probably would throw in there, I want you to remember that when you're looking at other people as well. Think about that same type of thing as you're looking at other people. Don't let the faults become too much. Don't let the, don't let the great things become too much. A correct judgment of yourself 
and of the people around you is going to do the most work in helping you to rethink your role in the world. If we're going to rethink our role for real, we have to think about ourselves and other people with sober judgment. Jesus might want you to do something less or more than what you have envisioned in your own mind. But figuring out exactly what that role is, is going to actually help you find success more than anything else. Doing what it is that he has actually gifted you to do is going to help you find success. When, when I try to do more, or I try to do less than what God has called me to, what happens is things fall apart. It is a mess up waiting to happen. It's also going to leave me feeling like there's a little bit of a void in me. Like there's this hole that I were accurate judgment. And I think this is the point that he's trying to get to. We need to be honest with ourselves about what we're gifted to do. Be honest with ourselves. There are so many times, I've said, I, I kind of, I've said it already, there are so many times where I think that I am good at something that I don't realize that I'm not good at. I, I remember saying to my wife one time, I'm like, I think I'm really good at hiding what's going on deep in my mind from people. They can't see it. And she's like, nope, <laughs> not at all. You wear everything on your sleeve. So I apologize for all the times where I've been really mad at the world and you see it, you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I tend to think that I'm really good at, at getting to places on time, but I, I hate so much getting to places like five minutes early because I feel like those five minutes are five wasted minutes I could have been at home doing nothing there. <laughs> um, and so I wait till the last minute to get to places. I'm like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time this out perfectly. I'm going to be there two minutes early. It's going to be great. No wasted time. And I get everywhere two or three minutes late. That's just my life. Um, there's things that we think that we're great at, but the bottom line is, is we're not always. We want to be good at so many things, but the truth is, each of us actually has some things that we really are gifted in. Let's find those things and let's put them to use. And let's not just put them to use for, for our own sake. Let's put those things to use for the glory of God so that the, so that the name of Jesus can be glorified and, and be made known to other people. That is the whole idea of why we're supposed to use our gifts. And so I like what Michael Hyatt says. This, this guy's an author, writes some really great stuff. He says, all of us possess unique gifts, a specific package of native talent, acquired skills, drive, and wisdom particular to us as individuals. And we're never more effective, never more powerful, never more influential than when we are exercising those gifts. I love how he says we're never more that wrote the book of Romans. And we're exercising in our gifts. Now let me go back to the guy named Paul that wrote the book of Romans. Now this guy also wrote about a third of the New Testament. And you might think that a guy who could write as well as he did man, this guy would be an amazing public speaker. The truth is, is that he was not a great public speaker. It actually says in verse, uh, Acts 20, verse 9, it says that seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked or preached on and on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Can I tell you people, that's a bad sermon. That's like a really bad sermon. Now, they resurrected the guy and it was all good. But, but I, I've seen some of you fall asleep while I'm preaching. I know you think these lights are so bright I can't see. I've seen it. 
but I have never seen one of you fall out of your chair and die, which I'm really, really happy about because that would probably make me want to change what I do. Um, this is a really bad sermon. The guy's not a great public speaker, but what I love about it, Paul was really honest with himself about his public speaking. You know, as a leader, he had to sometimes speak publicly, but he was really honest about it. In 2 Corinthians eleven six, 6, in the NLT version, it says, he says, I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. We've made this clear to you in every possible way. Here's the thing that I love about what he's saying here. When he says that he's unskilled as a speaker, the Greek word that is translated unskilled, do you want to know what the Greek word is? It's going to sound familiar, I think. The Greek word is idiotes. Yeah, you guys figured out what he's saying. He's saying, I'm an idiot as a public speaker. Like, I'm no good at this. But what I love about it is that you got this guy who couldn't public speak, but he had knowledge from God. And so what did he do? He used what God had given to him, and he wrote, and he wrote. He wrote letters to churches in the New Testament churches. And then what we got out of that is we got a third of our, of our New Testament Bible. And I'm telling you what's so cool about it is I have never gotten bored reading Paul's But I'll tell you what, there's other parts of the Bible where I almost could do that, right? There is something that God put into Paul that was just dynamic. And he used that gift, he used that talent, and it, and it blessed not just us here, but throughout the generations it's blessed Christians because he took his gift and he used it the way that God called him to use it. Paul, being honest about his gifts, allowed him to spend time and to focus on what he had to offer, and it made an impact. Maybe you've been trying too hard to work in a gifting that just isn't there. Maybe you're getting stressed. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you see somebody else, and you're like, I really, I think I can do it. You wouldn't believe, there are so many people that I watch them on social media, and I'm like, you are trying so hard to fit into this peg that you weren't made for. Because you see other people that you respect and love and you want to be that. Be who God has created you to be. Maybe you just really don't know what your gift is. And that is totally okay. I think most of us probably don't know what half of our gifts are. And sometimes what has to happen first is we have to understand what we're not gifted in. So let me say this. This is a challenging thing to do, but maybe we need to make the prayer and say, God, Help me to understand what I'm not good at. That is a hard thing to do. Now, it's maybe less hard to do that with God than to do that with your spouse or your kids. But maybe it is something that we need to do. Ask God. Ask the people around us. What am I doing that is just, it's just not working? And then maybe we ask, okay, God, what is the thing that I truly have that other people don't have? What is that thing that you want me to, to make an impact in the, this world for? Ask your family. Ask your friends. And maybe out of that, you can let go of some of the things in your life that you're trying to hold on to, that you're trying to do, that just isn't working, that it's just not you. It's not meant to be. So let's be honest with ourselves about what God has gifted us to do. It is okay to rethink the role that you have been living at this point. And can I say this? It's okay to rethink your attitude towards your role as well. Sometimes, some of us, we, we are gifted in something and we're doing it, but we think that we're new. 
like more. God gave us gifts for certain things. If you are exercising those gifts, that's, that's all he's asking from us. Maybe you need to rechange your attitude about your role. Uh, let's read the next thing here now that Paul talks about when he's talking about our roles. In verses 4 and 5, he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So Paul just got done telling us that we should not think too highly of ourselves. And now he tells us that the body of Christ is made up of many members, and we all, we all have to help each other. We don't perform the same functions. I think what he's trying to tell us is, hey, Kellen, you are not as great as you think you are, and you need people around you to make everything work. That's the truth for us. Like, we need, we need people around us that can fulfill all of the functions that need to happen in the body of Christ. So here's a question we need to ask ourselves. Why do I get envious of people who have gifts that I don't possess? Now maybe you guys are just better people than me. I totally, totally acknowledge that that could be the fact. And maybe you don't get envious of people with gifts that you don't have. But I think a lot of people do. As I talk to people, like, there's envy that rise, rise, like just comes up in all of us. But why do I get envious? If I really believe that I can't do everything well, and that I need people around me to fulfill all the functions for the body of Christ, then why should I ever get envious? Envy shouldn't be a thing. Of course I should be excited when people can do things I can't. And I think what he's leading us to in these verses, Paul's trying to tell us this. Be humble enough to rejoice over others' gifts rather than being envious of those gifts. Be humble enough to rejoice over other people's gifts. Proclaim the name of Jesus and to help people see who Jesus is, which is the whole function of what the church is for. All of us have to be fulfilling roles that are different from each other. No one role is more important than the other. They all matter. Again, so here's a valuable question we need to ask ourselves. Am I encouraging others to use the gifts that they've been given? Or do I not want others to shine in order to make myself feel better about the gifts that I'm exercising in? You know, as a, I, it's always going to come back to sports, you guys, at some point in the sermon. Here it is, okay? So as a basketball player, uh, there were times where I'd play basketball with guys who you could tell that they didn't want me to exercise in my gift for the team. I remember one time, I, this one guy I played with in intramural basketball at UW Lacrosse. He, he always wanted to be a point guard. If you look at me and you know anything about basketball, what position should I play? Yeah, not a center. I should be a point guard. Okay, and so this guy, every time we were on the court together, he would do what a point guard shouldn't do. When the other team would make a basket, he would run all the way to the baseline to go grab the ball from the, from the guy inbound and, and go run up the court. The whole reason was he didn't want me to bring the ball up the court. And a good point guard should always get the ball as far away from the basket as they can, go start a fast break. And so every time this guy did this, it was hurting our team. It was frustrating to me. Not wanting me to exercise what I was good at on the court. He just didn't want me to exercise those gifts. But on the flip side of it on the basketball court, for me, I'm not, again, at my height, I was never going to be the best scorer. So there were guys on my team that I wanted to get the ball to when I was playing. 
I had a guy in high school, he was 6'4", he could post up, he could shoot from the outside. I'm going to get that guy the basketball. If I've got a fast break layup and I could go easily score a layup and he's with me, I'm going to pass the ball to him to let him get an easy layup because the guys who score a lot, they, like, they just, they want to score all the time. You don't get him the ball on that, he's going to be mad at me. Same thing with rebounding. I'm not a tall guy. I loved it when guys on my team were good rebounders because it was going to help us win. We all need the people around us exercising at their gifts, and we need to encourage that and not hold people back. There may be something that I'm good at that somebody else is good at, and maybe I need to relinquish a little bit to let their gifts come forward. The team wins. You know, sometimes I hate it because you, you build relationships with people, and then you invite them to church, and they come to church, and maybe they give their lives over to, over to God. And I know people in those situations, they'll sometimes give credit to the pa a pastor's sermon in that situation. I say no. The recognition should go to, to the person building the relationship, inviting that person into their life and inviting them to church. Like, but the bottom line is, when it comes to recognition in the body of Christ, should we care? If we're doing what God has called us to do, the little things and the big things that God has called us to do, it doesn't matter where recognition happens, as long as people are coming to know who Jesus is. That's the thing that matters. But in all good teams, if you've ever, if you've ever watched sports, it's usually the two or three guys who are the best players on a the team, they get all the recognition. Are you okay with not getting the recognition? Are you so willing to encourage people in their gifts that you'd be willing to let them see, to see their names be recognized and you be forgotten about? Because I think that's a true test right? The worst thing I think that we can do is hold others back from the gifts that God has enabled them in this world to live out. Maybe the second worst thing that we can do is to try to take gifts on ourselves that we don't have. Because we're going to continually be fighting against the grain. Maybe you're wondering, how could I possibly be somebody who's discouraging people in their gifts? Here's one that maybe you wouldn't think of, and this is something maybe I, I mention once in a while because I think it's important. Are you creating an atmosphere that often breeds jealousy in your social media presence by portraying a life that's all too perfect? I think this is a real one for us. I, listen, don't, don't think that you can't celebrate the great things in your life, that you can't even talk about the things that are difficult in your life on social media. I think that's totally legit. But let's be honest, social media is not a place of true encouragement. If anything, it's a place where people bring other people down. And sometimes what happens is we are so desiring to let other people see how great our life is that we put everything out there. And does that bring to my life now if I'm feeling just nothing's right? What about us being people on social media who do everything we can to bring encouragement to other people rather than satisfy our own desires to be recognized? Right? That might be a hard thing, but it's something that I think as Christians we're called to do. How can I encourage other people through social media use? Because that would look completely different from what the rest of the world does. If we're going to be fully functioning body, a body of believers, if your family is going to be a fully functioning family, we have to be humble and rejoice over what God has gifted other people with. Let other people shine. Don't worry about making sure that you can shine. Encourage people in their gifts. See, the thing is, people don't always realize what their gifts are. You see something in somebody, go and tell them. 
man, it is so rare that we just go and randomly tell people something great about themselves. We were sitting outside of Wendy's, got some Frosties yesterday, and this guy was walking from his car into Frosties. And this guy had the greatest goatee I've seen in a long time. Like, legit beautiful goatee, down to here, perfectly combed or whatever you do with goatees. And I said to him, man, that is a great goatee. He didn't really care much. <laughs> I think he thought I was weird, okay? But I wanted to let him know, that's a good goatee, man. Why don't we let people know the gifts when we see them? That's not a gift. I get it. Don't come up and, okay? But why don't we let people know about their gifts? See, on the plus side, I think your gifts are going to be easier to access when you're not trying to hold other people back and make their gifts your own. It's a lot easier to live in our own gifts if I'm not trying to be somebody else. So let others shine. Let's rethink our roles in encouraging the people around us to shine in the gifts that God has given them. So we need to be honest about our gifts. We need to be humble with respect to other people's gifts. And here's the last one. This comes from verses 6 through 8. Paul says, we, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. Now, does this sound there like Paul's just saying, hey, the gifts that you have, just kind of use them a little bit? See, I love it as, as he progressed through these gifts. He started to say, not just, don't just, he's like, serve. If, you, if a gift is to serve, then serve. And then he gets to the end and he's like, if, if your gift is to give, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. Don't just lead a little bit. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What I think Paul is trying to tell us is this. Your gift is a gift of grace. Treat it like that by giving it away graciously. Take your gifts, whatever they are, and give them away with abundance. Paul did that. That's how he wrote a third of the New Testament. Maybe... Uh, Maybe we have to realize that what we're gifted at, it wasn't really totally our doing. Maybe you've studied for a long time in certain things and you've gotten really good at it. You've put a lot of work and a lot of time into something. You've gotten really good at it. But we do also have to understand that in some part of that equation, God has gifted us to have the capacity in ourselves to actually get good at that thing that we've worked at. If you have gotten good at something, I, I gotta say this, I get so frustrated sometimes when people have gotten good gotten really good at something in their life, and then they get into the church and they make no use of it whatsoever. God has gifted you with something. Make use of it for the glory of God. Out in your real world, in your job, outside the church, are you using that thing for the glory of God? Maybe you know how to make a ton of money. Outside of the church even, are you doing that still for the glory of God? Or is it all for, for you? Maybe the thing that you're gifted in is not as eye-catching as, as others around you, that you'd, as you'd like it to be. You know, when we open up gifts as little kids in Christmas, that is like a test of character, right? Because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I had, I had two sisters, and we'd open up presents, and at the end of it was inevitable that it was going to be my Christmas. It was inevitable. favored one every time. Now, what would it have been like if I—I I see people pointing at other, at other little sisters. Okay. Um, what would it have been like if I took those, like, 10 gifts that I got to open, and I was looking at my sister's 14 gifts, because it was always more, and I threw my gifts into the middle of the floor, and was like, 
Kedra. It's, it's all about Kedra all the time, you guys. You never care about me. You gave her four more gifts. That would have been super rude, right? Because my parents didn't need to get me any gifts. I know that they had to scrounge like crazy when we were younger to even get us Christmas gifts. And I think sometimes we treat our gifts that same way with God. God, I, this just isn't what I want. This isn't how I want to function. The thing that I'm doing at church right now is not the way that I want to serve. The thing that I'm, the job that I have, it's not the way that I want to serve. Well, guess what? If you go to your job and you serve the best that you possibly can, the way that God has called you to, promotions happen that way. It's no shock why people get promoted and don't get promoted. When we serve fully in the gift that God has asked us to, the way that he asks us to, good things do happen. You may not feel like the most gifted person ever. You may wish that you had some gift that somebody else has. You may envy what people bring to the table that you don't. And I'll be honest with you, I feel all those things at times. But we gotta, we gotta let God chip away at that, at that mindset. Worship team, you guys can come back up here. I'm almost done. Uh, I think this next thing is going to be on the screen that you can kind of catch it while I say it. God gave me the talents, abilities, and passions for the specific things that he wanted me to bring to the table. No one can touch the world the way that you are meant to touch the world. No one has been gifted by God as you have, and no one has been put in the exact people's lives that you have been put into to do the very thing that God wants you to do. Maybe one of the gifts that you've been given is being put in doing it. Let's start being the unique individuals that God has actually enabled us to be, to bring glory to God, to, to let people know what Jesus is actually like. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.